am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. <laughs> yes, so? Without any milk. Hello, Nailer fans, and welcome in to another big episode of The Toolbox. I'm your host, DJ Abicella, and here's what's coming up on this week's show. The Nailers have named their 18th head coach in team history. It is Mike Bavis. We'll sit down for an interview with Mike, let him introduce himself to you, and we'll also give you some information on his background, where he comes from, and some of the fun connections for players that he's had throughout his coaching career. We'll also go through a college hockey list of connections throughout the organization, some tied in with Mike, and just some to give you an overall perspective on the college hockey world and how much it's starting to impact not only here in the ECHL, but as you move up the ranks and into the National Hockey League. The two other teams who previously had head coaching vacancies in the ECHL both named their head coach this week, so now all 27 teams are locked and loaded with head coaches ready for the 2018-19 season. And we have a former nailer for Where Are They Now, who has accepted an NHL assistant coaching position. We'll start off by telling you about the new head coach of the Nailers, Mike Bavis, and we'll begin with Mike's playing career. Mike attended Boston University for four years, where he majored in English while being a part of some very good BU Terriers hockey teams on the ice. Boston University, a very strong program out of Hockey East, frequently battling for superiority in the Hockey East Conference, also battling for bean pots year after year, and making noise in the NCAA National tournament. So, four years at BU, right before his freshman year, Bavis was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, so that made the transition kind of an easy one, if you will, as right after he finished his college career at BU, he jumped into the Sabres organization, played two seasons of pro hockey, both seasons featured time with the American Hockey League's Rochester Americans. Rochester is a Buffalo affiliate still today, by the way. And then also played part of a season with the South Carolina Stingrays. And that'll be a lot of fun this year, as the Nailers do have a trip to North Charleston Coliseum on the schedule. That'll be a Saturday night in November in the middle of a three-game road trip when the Nailers will also take on the Jacksonville Icemen and the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. South Carolina named a new head coach earlier this week. We'll touch on that coming up later on in the toolbox. So a two-year pro playing career, Rochester, South Carolina, and then Mike made the jump back behind the bench where he went back to his alma mater, Boston University, started out as an assistant coach and then had his role changed to an associate coach where he worked alongside the great Jack Parker, one of the most decorated head coaches in college hockey history. Still to this day, Parker ranks as the third winningest head coach in NCAA hockey history, trailing only Jerry York, who at age 73 is still the head coach at Boston College, and then number two is Ron Mason, who was most notably known for his time with the Michigan State Spartans. A couple of other coaching jobs for Bavis since leaving Boston University. He was the assistant coach for the Springfield Falcons. That was in the 2015-16 season. And then this past season, he was an assistant coach for Babson College. That's a Division III program located in Wellesley, Massachusetts. 
One of the most notable things from Mike Bavis's time at Boston University, of course, the major highlight in any college program is when you can hoist a national championship trophy, and the Terriers did just that in 2009 in one of the most dramatic of fashions, a 4-3 overtime win over Miami of Ohio. So a national champion in 2009, and BU did a great job of developing loads of successful players. We saw some of those players right here with the Nailers, and Mike's going to talk about some of those in the interview, but goaltender John Curry, forward Brian Boomer Ewing, also Sahir Gill, who more recently had a lot of good success here with the Nailers, and even as most recent as last year with goaltender Sean McGuire, but it doesn't stop there. You also have players who had terrific success in the National Hockey League, two players who had that success with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Nick Bonino, who was a Stanley Cup champion in Pittsburgh, and also defenseman Ryan Whitney, three other players right now in the NHL who are doing terrific work, Charlie Coyle, Kevin Shattenkirk and Colin Wilson so again that really great mixture and I love being able to make these connections of the two things that we talk about so much whether it's on the toolbox or just on a day-to-day basis being able to combine winning that national championship 09 and development getting players to the National Hockey League and I really believe that development is something that doesn't get talked about enough when you talk about college sports. Everybody loves to win. There's no doubt about that and that definitely deserves to get its moments in the spotlight whether that be teams playing in bowl games in college football or making it into March Madness in college basketball or the Frozen Four in college hockey but really college sports does a terrific job of being able to move players up to higher levels and As I've said quite a few times, the college hockey world is really having a big impact on professional hockey even more than it used to. You used to see a lot of kids coming out of juniors at ages 20, 21, sometimes even 18, 19. Crosby came out at 18. and Now, they're kind of the exception of the rule there where Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Flurry and Murray were those young junior type players. Malkin, obviously another exception out of that coming out of Russia. But you look at some of the other players who have been big impact players on the Penguins in recent seasons. Phil Kessel came out of University of Minnesota. Jake Gensel, Nebraska Omaha. Brian Rust, Riley Shahan, both out of Notre Dame. Brian Dumoulin, Boston College. Carter Rowney out of the University of North Dakota. All big players in recent success for the Penguins who were able to mold and mature by going the college hockey path and now being able to have success and ultimately win championships in the NHL, which is the end goal, I think, for anybody who has that dream of being able to move up the levels. Some unique connections now for Mike Bavis, and this is a really fun one. All three coaches in the organization, all three head coaches, that is, Pittsburgh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Wheeling, all three are now Boston University alums. Mike Sullivan, Clark Donatelli, and now Mike Bavis. Mike Sullivan and Mike Bavis were teammates at Boston University. That was Sullivan's senior year and Bavis's freshman year. 
And so it's kind of funny where Sullivan was smack dab in the middle. When Clark Donatelli was finishing, that was when Sullivan started, so they played together. And then when Sullivan finished, that's when Bavis was starting. So it all kind of comes together. And I think one of the cool things with this is they're all going to be speaking the same language, in addition to probably having a nice New England accent, which as a New Englander myself, I certainly appreciate. They'll be talking the same types of coaching languages, all learning under the tutelage of the man that I talked about earlier, Jack Parker, and then also all kind of working the same way with the Penguins organization. So I think there's definitely a benefit to having them all being cut from the same cloth and then ultimately working together with the Pens organization. So that'll be a lot of fun to see, and I'm sure that they will have terrific relationships from top to bottom. Sully Clarkie and now Mike Bavis taking over as the head coach for the Nailers. There were two other coaching hires that came about in the ECHL earlier this week. So as I mentioned in the intro, Every team now has a head coach and is ready to go for the 2018-19 season. First off, the Cincinnati Cyclones name Matt Thomas as their head coach. And what do you know? Another head coach that comes out of NCAA hockey. Matt was most recently with Alaska Anchorage for the last five years. But prior to that, he was in the ECHL as a head coach for nine years. Most notably, took the Stockton Thunder to the 2013 Kelly Cup Final. That was his last year year in the league. Stockton lost that series in five games to the Reading Royals and Matt also coached for Fresno and Atlantic City here in the ECHL. And then the South Carolina Stingrays with a new name to the league and that is Spiros Anastas. He was spent the last four years coaching the University of Lethbridge. And why is that significant? Well, because former Naylor Evan Wardley played the last two years at the University of Lethbridge. So Spiros had a former Naylor on his roster. Prior to Lethbridge, he was an assistant coach for the Grand Rapids Griffins for two years. One of those was 2012-13 when the Griffins hoisted the first of their two Calder Cup championships. Looking at a couple of other former Nailers, first off, we have a player who has changed addresses for the upcoming season. Actually, he's changing countries for the upcoming season, and that is one of Mike Bavis's former players from Boston University, Sahir Gill, who signs on with Augsburger Panther in Germany. Last year, Gill finished sixth in scoring on the Rochester Americans in his first year there after spending the entire beginning of his career in the Penguins organization with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and the Wheeling Nailers and man I talked about it earlier this summer when we were discussing Patrick McGrath re-signing for Wilkes-Barre Scranton and Gill had already played five years in North America before making the move to Germany for his sixth professional season coming up in the fall. Gill was part of that 2013 recruiting class for Clark Donatelli that had Patrick McGrath he, Max McKay, among others, that were really big parts of that team leading it to the second round of the playoffs in 2014. Now, for our Where Are They Now segment, we talk about another former Nailer, of course, and this is a man who just accepted an NHL assistant coaching job, which is very exciting. It is Reed Cashman. Reed played 33 games with the Nailers during the 2008-2009 season, registering seven goals, 
22 assists and 29 points. After that, he played one more year professionally in North America and then one year in Europe before making the turn into the coaching ranks. He spent five years on the staff at Quinnipiac University and during that five years was, of course, the trip to the 2013 National Championship game in Pittsburgh. Eric Hartzell, of course, was on that team. And then after that, he spent two years in assistant coach in Hershey and earlier this week getting hired as an assistant coach with the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals and former Pittsburgh Penguins assistant coach now head coach of the Caps Todd Reardon so congratulations to Reed again didn't spend a whole lot of time here just 33 games less than a decade ago but man seems like he has certainly found his niche in the coaching ranks and has driven it all the way into the NHL after spending just two years in the American Hockey League so Nice job by Reed Cashman, and hope you do well, except for when the Capitals play the Penguins this year. It's time to meet this week's special guest on the Toolbox, and of course it is the brand new head coach of your Wheeling Nailers, Mike Bavis. And Mike, I know that it's been a busy couple of days for you here in the great city of Wheeling, but what have been your impressions so far, and are you having fun? Uh, just a wonderful experience so far. I've met so many great people. Uh, really made me feel at home here been really impressed at what a beautiful countryside this is and um, just excited to, to be a part of this. Before we dive into the hockey side of things, I want to get a chance to have our fans learn about you, your background, where you come from, and your family. So go ahead and uh, introduce your family and tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I'm a Boston native, spent most of my life there, uh, spent most of my coaching career there at Boston University. Um, certainly the place that shaped my my philosophy, my values, um, and, um, you know, it's a place that certainly has been home for me and is, is a big part of my life. Um, I have three children, my son Jack, 17, my daughter Kira, who's 15, and my daughter Tyler, who's 11, and my wife Kim. Um, so they're looking forward to getting down here and, and seeing Wheeling. I've told them all about it and uh, sent them pictures, and uh, so they're excited. They always say that the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. So do we have three hockey players growing up in the family? We do. We do. Uh, my son's uh, he's all in in terms of being a player, wanting to be a player, and, and works really hard at it. My daughters both play, and uh, so they enjoy it probably, uh, you know, to different levels, but uh, they all enjoy the game. Very nice. Did you first pick up hockey right away? Were you born with a stick in your hand, or what made you fall in love with the sport? Yeah, I'm I'm one of eight kids, and and my brother and I, my twin brother and I, were the 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 youngest of eight. So at the end of the line, we were the first hockey players in our family, and uh, we were really fortunate to be uh, part of a program in a community that had um, a lot of good hockey players, and and that group stayed together for much of its kind of um, development age years. Um, you know, I think I think my our youth hockey team had four or five division one hockey players on it when we eventually got to the college age so uh we were we were really lucky to be uh, part of teams with really good players and, and good coaches you're a massachusetts guy you ended up going to school at boston university was that choice number one what attracted you to be you yeah no question being a boston guy that that was always um you know boston kids kind of identity in terms of bu hockey and Jack Parker was is a, a Boston and a city guy, and uh, certainly my brother and I connected with him, and and uh, you know that place is a big part of our lives for a long time. 
You went pro for two years, played in the American Hockey League some time here in the ECHL as well, but then quickly into the coaching ranks. What about coaching was a great fit for you? Well, I think coaches at heart are, are teachers, and uh, I think that's part of my wiring. I obviously, I always enjoyed the the development part, the process of getting better, and I, again, that's I think where coaches really do their best work. You know the practice day is my day and game night is the players night you know and uh i've got to prime them the best i can on practice day to go out there and play their best and kind of free them up to play on friday and saturday and um you know it's 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 what i value it's how i'm wired in terms of thinking about what my job is um how i help the players be at their best so um, i've always enjoyed that and um it's kind of what what keeps me going this might be a little bit of a tough question, but in the course of the approximately two decades that you've been a coach in hockey, whether it be in the college game or the pro game, what's kind of fascinated you the most to see either change or evolve in the sport over the years? Well, you know, as a player, you, you always think, geez, the game hasn't changed that much, meaning I was a player, the game hasn't changed. It's still good players make plays. The, the let's say players that don't achieve the kind of success maybe don't make a play in advantage situations three on twos two on ones power plays that's certainly we the game can be won and lost but the game has clearly become faster the coaches have have i don't want to say in some cases overcoached you know they rely so heavily on tactics and there's a balance there because if you if you rely so much on tactical information you can lock the players up and we you've got to balance that you've got to give them enough information to be really sound and um, to have good structure and whatever it might be your forecheck your PK but you also got to free players up to go make plays and be fearless if if the speed of the game has changed for me it's changed defensively every shot is contested every loose puck is contested if you go back to watching a Boston Bruins, Edmonton Oils, Oilers Stanley Cup Final. If you watch the video, you know, Glenn Anderson could skate. But where it's different is if a puck went to a corner and you saw the offensive player going to get it, a lot of times it seemed like the defensive player didn't come into the picture. <laughs> you know, it just took longer. Now everything is contested. There's no free ice out there. So in that way, it's a harder game. Um, it, but, you know, were guys skilled back in the 60s, 70s, 80s? Of course they were. You know, who was more skilled than Ray Bork, per se, as a defenseman? But um, the game has become harder to play because of how fast it is and how much every player is contested defensively. There's been a lot of players signed, whether it be by the Nailers so far this summer or by our parent club in the AHL, the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins. But when you take the players out of the equation, what do you look at as some of the big attributes that this team will need to have to be successful, whether it be on the ice or and I know and just talking to you for the last couple of days, there's something that you're very passionate about off the ice too. Well, it's it's uh, we want to be fast. Um, we want to, if possible, play a skill game. Um, and, and that's on the coaches to encourage that that mindset. Um, and lastly, we want to have a mindset that we're hard to play against. Um, you know, if if you uh, if you don't have that in your game, um, the season's going to end earlier than any of us want. And um, if we can get those three things accomplished in terms of playing fast, playing skilled, and being hard to play against, from 
the drop of the puck to the finish, then I think we give ourselves a good chance to to kind of get to a place that we're all going to be happy. And, and you know, it's it's hard to win championships if, if you look across, you know, any of the sports. It's hard to win championships when you get down to those final two teams. But you've got to play the right way to get yourself a chance to win those championships. And I think if we do those three things, um, we're going to give ourselves a real good shot. What about off the ice? Well, I think that uh, two things I'm going to impress upon um, our team that you know, to really to be a part of this community, to uh, go out of their way to connect with people. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much to uh, make a connection and, and kind of make people feel like that uh, you want to be a big part of this community and, and you, you want to, uh, you know, look back and say that uh, you were good for that community. Um, and then in terms of just, you know, when you go back to off-ice, the development side of it there's so much that goes into it in terms of how you train how you recover nutrition this league uh, presents an interesting problem in terms of just good sleep which is still one of the uh, the things that probably hasn't come as far in terms of development for uh, athletes as a whole so there's a lot that goes into it off the ice and we're going to try to give them a good plan to try to do the best they can with that I know you also like mentioning culture. Where did you get the idea for being able to build such a strong culture, and why is that so important? Well, if you look, if you look throughout um, college athletics, pro sports, the teams that do achieve uh, continued success, um, they have good people in in their locker room, and they're guys that are wired to work. You know, they're they're not. Um, necessarily somebody you always got to light a fire under them to, to come to the rink every day and, and to put their work in and um, obviously I still need to spend time with these players and learn about them but uh, we want to know and make sure that we have a, a core group of guys that we can build a culture around that uh, winning is everything and putting in the work to get there um, is something that they're willing to do and be good examples for our group. You know, if you, uh, I'll, I'll reference some Boston, you know, athletics. You know, if you look at the Boston Bruins, uh, Patrice Bergeron, so Daniel Chara, those are guys that are wired to work. They like to work, and they set an example for that whole locker room. Um, so uh, we're hoping to, to bring those type of people in here and, and build around them. The college game has made such a big impact lately in the pros, whether it's players who have had success at both levels or now coaches even more than ever. You're the second head coach this week in the ECHL that comes from a college background. The entire Penguins organization head coaches comes from college background. We just had another head coach in the NHL come out of college this past year. Why does college give you guys such an advantage against the other colleagues? Well, first of all, I would say is that um, – Talent comes from everywhere, whether it's a major junior player, a player from Europe, or a college player. Um, the college player, because of the condensed schedule, 34 games, another six or eight in the playoffs, every game matters. So the style of play is so competitive. It is so fast. So the skilled players that leave college have been forced to play at such a high pace that it's really not an adjustment to pro hockey. You know, Nick Bonino was really skilled. He wasn't fast like uh, Alexander Ovechkin, but he was forced to play fast in college. So that adjustment to the to the pro game, it wasn't something that really 
he had to change. There are levels who are really skilled that the game isn't quite as fast. It's a little more controlled pace. Uh, in terms of the, the coaching uh, advancement, again, where where every game matters, it's it's a it's a challenge week in and week out to prepare for the opponent and also prepare your team. So uh you know, whether it's Dave Haxtall or David Quinn or, you know, uh, obviously Mike Sullivan didn't coach in college, but he's just a tremendous hockey mind. Um, it's a great proving ground to really hone your thinking as a coach to get ready for pro hockey. You played with Mike Sullivan at Boston University, which is really cool. Clark Donatelli was also a Boston University guy. How much are you looking forward to having three Terriers in this organization and that one common factor that you all had, you all played under the great Jack Parker? Well, they're both great guys. Um, they both have worked their trade to become the coaches they are, and I'm looking forward to learning from both of those guys. Um, Jack Parker's the bridge to many generations of BU hockey players. It's what made that place so special for so long. For BU guys, there is this sense of what a BU guy is like, and uh, that's that's because of the type of people Jack Parker wanted to bring there, and that's the type of uh, people that he kind of developed in his time coaching them. And uh, I'm sure Mike Sullivan and, and Clarkie would agree that uh, you know he, he made such a positive impact on so many of his players. For former players that you had, we've seen some of them here, Sahir Gill, Boomer Ewing, Sean McGuire, John Curry. What do you remember about some of those guys? And are there other players that you really enjoyed having either at BU or in Springfield or at Babson? Well, I mean, I was lucky for for so many years to to coach so many uh, great players. Um, you know, you think about the Nick Beninos, the Colin Wilsons, uh, God, Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, and those are more recent guys. Uh, I, I saw Charlie Coyle the other day in Boston. Um, you know, and, and I was so happy to see Sahir Gill have the success he had putting in his time here at the ECHL. I saw him when I was playing in the American League, uh, coaching the American League and seeing him play. And he's, his game and really, he became a real good pro. And, uh, you know, so it's as a coach, you like to see guys have success and you love to see guys that, in a sense, didn't wasn't given anything, and they earned their success. And uh, in Gill's case, that was certainly uh, that was one of the guys I think that really earned his success. Um, you know, and I've been lucky through my coach career to have different experiences. The BU experience, uh, the year in Springfield, working with uh, Ronnie Ralston and Dougie Janik, and uh, you know, it was a different experience. I it, a lot of good players, guys from different backgrounds, different challenges. And then lastly, to, to be at BAPS in the last couple of years uh, with my good friend Jamie Rice, who you know, might be one of the best coaches in North America in terms of uh, the culture that's created there and, and uh, the success that those players have. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of players at that, that level of that, at BAPS and who I think really are the type of guys that could help you build a culture. You have a long, bright road ahead of you, but as you look back, you were a national champion in 2009, a lot of Hockey East championship titles, bean pots going crazy. What do you take the most pride in that you've been able to achieve so far? You know what, I, I, I look at my time at BU, and um, you know I, I had a lot of great, they played under Jack, but in some ways they played under me and the other coaches, and, and there was a lot of great guys there, a lot of great kids who... Um, Hopefully, I made a 
strong impression on. Um, you know, from a hockey standpoint, certainly winning the national championship was something that I'll never forget, both from the actual winning it, but the group of guys that we did it with. Um, in the nature we did it, you know, I mentioned previously, it's hard to win championships when you get down to the end. And um, to be a part of that was, was pretty special. And, uh, you know, those are guys that certainly I still hear from and connect with. And um, that, would, that would probably be at the top of the list. You're about a month away from Buffalo and Prospects Camp for the Pittsburgh Penguins. What's the timeline look like for you as you wind down summer and get us ready for training camp the first week of October? Well, there's certainly a lot of work to do. We, we do have some players to add here. Um, and we want, we, again, we want to add the right type of player. Um, we have some, some things we need to do to kind of get a, some direction from Wilkes in, in Pittsburgh in terms of playing similar styles and similar tactics so when players do advance, they don't have to do some catching up to, to what those coaches want. Um, and then, you know, in talking to uh, the rest of our staff in terms of just how things are going to work, you know, um, meeting and speaking with strength coaches, um, looking at kind of how we're going to format our type of day, whether it's skill days, uh, recovery days, and certainly travel days. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we need to put our time in to get ready for the players. But, you know, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, you know, a good group of guys, and uh, I think it should be pretty exciting. I know you're going to be a great fit here with the fan base and our community here in Wheeling. Mike, I really want to thank you for spending so much time with me here today and for being so willing to get your feet on the ground quickly and embracing this great city that we have. Thank you, DJ. I'm looking forward to it. Big thanks again to the new head coach of the Wheeling Nailers, Mike Bavis, for spending a few minutes with us this week on the Toolbox. Obviously, it's been a very busy week for Mike. He started the week first off by getting hired for the job as the new head coach and then being able to make it down here to Wheeling on Thursday night to be able to meet with the media, meet with the fans, have a great introduction. want to also give a big shout-out to the fans for coming out to Undos for our Meet the Coach party and also... So, of course, big thanks to Nick Sparshane and his crew over at Undos for putting together a very nice event for us to be able to welcome Mike and really ingrain him into the wheeling hockey community that he's going to be a big part of as we go into the 2018-19 season. Obviously, there's still a lot of work for Mike to do. We have the utmost confidence that he will be able to get the roster in ship shape and ready to go for the time the puck drops on October 13th when the Nailers take on the Norfolk Admirals on the road and then of course our exciting home opener on Saturday November 3rd when the Nailers do battle with the Indy Fuel so we are right around two months away from opening night on the road and a little bit less than two months away from the start of training camp obviously lots of good stuff to look forward to as we look to make some noise in that central division in the ECHL in 2018-19 as always stay tuned to wheelingnailers.com Follow our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all of the latest news and great deals. This has been another episode of The Toolbox. I'm DJ Abasella. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week.